Women Want to Hear Women, where we put the spotlight on country music's most talented ladies. Be a part of moving the conversation forward with your host, Elena Smith. Welcome back to the podcast that takes the phrase women don't want to hear women and changes that narrative. Of course we do, and we know that guys do as well. We just want good music representing country, right? So this week, we're highlighting a woman who is out there grinding. I mean, this girl can work. Logan Brill is a Nashville staple already, but she's definitely ready for the entire country to hear her. Now, if this is your first time hearing Logan, I really hope that you'll listen to even more of her stuff. She's already got a couple albums out. They're great, and she has experienced so much. Y'all ready? Let's do this. Welcome to the podcast, Logan Brill. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Now, I've been following you for a while now, but I got to say, you became extra famous to me when the showroom Nashville reposted your Opry <laughs> outfit. And I was like, that girl, she coming on my podcast. Yes. I, yeah, the showroom has been such a great resource for me because I'm like such a last minute shopper. I never think to go like ahead of time and so I've gone in like day of events before and they've totally saved me. So yeah, y'all, I love them. if you come to Shout Nashville... Out. Check out the showroom Nashville. Yes. You must do that. But I mean, you were performing at the Opry, right? I was. Day? Yeah, I was. Yeah, this was uh, a couple of weeks ago. I've been on a couple of times, but it's it's always exciting to go back. It's never any less exciting, even if I've been back a couple of times. So. so this is the first time that we're actually meeting. So I'm like really excited just to hear your story because I love your music. It's fantastic. Your voice is beautiful. Thank you. But tell me a little bit about what your journey's been like so far up to this point. Yeah. So um, I'm originally from East Tennessee. I kind of grew up uh, just outside Knoxville. And then my, my parents split when I was young. So I grew up kind of in the suburbs outside of Knoxville and then also in like very rural middle of nowhere Uh, middle Tennessee. So always was kind of close to Nashville and Mm. grew up in a family that really prioritized music education. My dad would like, we would literally have educational weekends where he would make us listen to records and learn lyrics and figure out who produced what. And love it. He He was was like a professor. Literally. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he's just such a fan. And I think he really wanted me. He, I think he saw that, you know, that love I had for music from a really young age and really kind of helped encourage that. And so, so yeah, so I kind of always knew that music was what I wanted to do and Nashville was um was definitely the the right move for me so when I was 18 I moved to town and um yeah and kind of been here ever since I went to Belmont that was a good kind of starting point for me Mm -hmm. and about three years after moving to town I signed my first publishing deal when I was still a junior at Belmont which was kind of a a a big deal it was a challenge but it was also awesome because it was it was definitely earlier than I think I expected to be able to kind of jump into the the songwriting world right well when you're in college still and especially at Belmont because that's a place where everybody is basically trying to do the same thing yeah what did your classmates think about that um, honestly, I, I feel like I kind of kept those worlds really separate in a weird way. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people didn't maybe even know that I was writing so m- many times a week. Oh, so that's I did the coolest thing when yeah. you just do it and you don't even like tell people. I love when people do that. Yeah, it was. Well, it was because I was in class. I think I scheduled it. So I had classes like Tuesday, Thursday. Yeah. And then I was writing Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then I would hit the road on the weekend. So I feel mm-hmm. like I was sort of like living this weird double life where I was and I was actually not even studying music. I studied French in college, which was a really random Wait, what? Choice? So yes. you weren't even like with the people that were... No, no, not really. I had a minor in music, but I I did kind of my first year in music. So I was kind of not really in the music school as much. So it was kind of this weird, but it was kind of fun. It was, you know, I was doing music all the time mm-hmm. outside of school. And so having something different, you know, in school was kind of cool. So yeah, it was fun. So were you in class with anybody that's in the game right now? Man, I, I run into more people 
in the industry, other artists who also went to Belmont and even like people who weren't there at the same time mm-hmm. as me, like maybe they were two years ahead or three years ahead or whatever. Um, and it's, it's always really exciting. Like even writing with people and being like, Oh, you went to Belmont. What year did you graduate? You know, we're right. kind of like this, it's like this family that just extends on into the, the industry, which is really cool. So, so once you actually graduated and you had already been signed and you had already been touring and everything like that, mm-hmm. was it different for you being out of college and, and doing this? Was it more full time? Like, how was that transition? I I was honestly so ready to start. I like I almost dropped out, which I was close enough that my, my parents sort of convinced me, just stick it out for a year and a half. You've got this. So I was I was honestly so ready to just like hit the ground running and do it full time. Um, and I, I think I really did that when I graduated full time, all the time, writing every day, touring as much as I could because I was so excited to be just able to, you know, dedicate all of my time to, to music. And so, so yeah, I feel like that was like go time when I graduated for me. So, so was there a time within all of this that you really started realizing that there is this problem of a lack of women in country music? Yeah, you know, I think it's funny because I think when you when you sort of start out, it's like you, you just come into this environment and it's like, well, this is just the way it is, you know, and the, you kind of just get into line and you kind of start doing what you do because you see everybody else doing what they do. And I don't think I don't think it was really until a couple of years after I had really been like hitting the ground running, like I said, mm-hmm. that I started to kind of look around and be like, wait a minute, why aren't there that many women played on country music? And why is it so hard sometimes to get, uh, you know, the opportunities that I'm shooting for? Mm-hmm. Why am I feeling like sometimes because I'm a woman, it's a little bit more difficult to kind of get into this into this world. And so, yeah, I think it took me a second to kind of look around and be like, hold on a minute, why is it this way? And, you know, why what can we do to maybe kind of have these conversations to start to change some things? Isn't that so interesting? I feel like I'm the same way. Like you, you go into things and you just, you accept how they are because that's just the way they are. I mean, I know that for me going into an industry where there's all these huge personalities and big people, like you just think that whatever they do is the right way. Yeah. So what do you like to try to do to try and change that conversation? I mean, honestly, I think, I think the number one thing is to just talk about it. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, podcasts like this, which I'm so, like I said, I'm such a fan of, um, just because it, it gives, it gives us a platform to really be able to like start having some of these difficult conversations. Um, so I think that's kind of step one. And I, I've really seen a lot of, I've been really encouraged by the community of women that has sort of started to, it's always been there, but I think it's a little more like front and center the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. I think in general, like being a woman right now is really interesting it's an interesting time the political landscape and you know the entertainment industry has definitely like fought some battles um as far as like women's rights and all that stuff and i think some of that is kind of leaking into country world a little bit um just with women kind of being like let's all get together talk about this and figure out how we can kind of make a change but we can't do it alone we have to do it together so i've been kind of encouraged by that that um mentality of supporting each other and getting together and try to kind of be a force, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't know when you're listening to this podcast, because of course you can listen whenever, but when we're recording this and when it's released, it just recently we had the CMT Artist of the Year Awards. Yes. And it was all females. What did you think about that? Did you watch the show? Did you go? Uh, I didn't go. I was so, I had a, a writer's round that was like, I was already committed to and I was really sad to miss it, but um, I was so encouraged by it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's Karen and Kimberly getting up uh, from Little Big Town, obviously, and spending their acceptance speech 
just literally listing all of the new up and coming artists. Was, Iconic, right? Oh my like, gosh. It was, and then like reposting it and tagging everybody like, hey, follow these people, check them out. That was just such a moment. And I think mm-hmm. it, it really, it's encouraging for an up and comer to see, you know, these really established female artists coming up and being like, hey, we really want you to pay attention to the new class. Um, it was so encouraging. It was so awesome. So one of the things that we really do like to do on this podcast is talk about things, just like you were saying. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things that has started to become a conversation on here are experiences that women have had being in this industry mm-hmm. because it can be very uncomfortable at times. People abuse their power a lot of times. Are you experiencing things like that? And if so, how do you deal with them? How do you rise above that and still be the person that you are? Yeah, I think um, I think it's interesting. I think more so I've noticed little moments in the way that things, I guess, are phrased. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like I, an example that comes off the top of my head was um, I remember being in a meeting and this was one of my own like team members who I adore mm-hmm. um, was we were basically in this meeting. I think it was a label meeting. I'm not sure exactly who we were even meeting with. And the subject of my touring kind of came up and it was like, you know, yeah, she's really hitting the ground running. You know, she's out there roughing it on the road and, you know, she tours like one of the boys. And I, mm. it's, it's little things like that where it's like, it was totally meant as a compliment. Um, but I sort, I sort of had this moment where I was like, huh, what a weird thing to say. I tour like one of the boys. It's not, I tour like an artist who is dedicated to my craft and dedicated to my career. You know, I'm who, an, an artist who's willing to work hard and make sacrifices yeah. it's it's i it's i tour like one of the boys because the boys are the ones that are out there you know hitting it on the road and um i just remember thinking like i know so many women who are out there you know driving their own van and you know sleeping on the floor in hotels and and that's what i do if i have to do that mm-hmm. to make my career work it's interesting that those kinds of so it's it's things like that that it's like that person didn't even know that they were saying. Right. That's why we had to talk about it. Because exactly. you wouldn't think about those little things and people are, will now be more aware when you're choosing your words. Yeah. Yeah. That, even though that is little, it is kind of toxic. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's it's really, I think it is so much more about about the little things than like one big event happening to each one of us, you know, us, us as women. I think it really is just this this underlying feeling that we we don't really have as many opportunities and right. maybe you know we're we're a little delicate and maybe we can't tour as as heavily as the men do which is totally not true mm-hmm. so yeah so little moments like that i've definitely noticed and and i think the way that i approach them is to just like i, I don't necessarily always correct them in the moment you yeah. know because it is sort of like a well, now hold on, don't you know? Right. I don't, and you don't want to be preachy about stuff, and you don't no. want to. It's such a, a weird situation. Yeah, but but for me, I think just just leading by example, and I think also shedding light on other women who are totally out there roughing it just as, as much as I am, yeah. you know. And that's that really is much more about I think being a dedicated artist. Um, so I think I think just being able to have those conversations, like I said, kind of shed light on those comments in yeah. a way that I think we kind of need to go. Why? Why are we saying I tour like a boy? You know, I, exactly. I tour like an artist. So we just create yeah. new norms, a new standard. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about some of the women that have inspired you in life, yes. both artists and personal life wise. Like, who's number one for you? Oh man. Um. Honestly, personally, I'm so lucky to have so many really strong women in my life. My mom uh, and my sister are my two just lifelines in life. Older sister, um, younger sister. Older sister. Um, but we're we're very close. We're only two years apart. Like I said, my parents split when I was young. So mm-hmm. I really grew up mostly in the house with just my mom and my sister. Um, 
And man, my mom worked so hard, started her own business. Oh, what I mean, does she do? She uh, is a graphic designer. So she started her own graphic design business. Dang. And yeah, I mean, just like helped put us through school. I mean, mm-hmm. worked, still works now just to kind of keep helping as much as she can with student loans and things. I mean, really has just been such a pillar and a, an example of a really strong, mm-hmm. hardworking, independent woman. And, you know, my sister's the same way. I just think I look up to them so much. But I mean, music wise, I could mm-hmm. probably talk all day long about women that have inspired me. Um, yeah. My mom, I think especially, was kind of the reason that I got into like really strong female artists. Is um, she musical too? She is not. She actually, she she loves listening to music, but she won't sing. It's hilarious. She, we, really? We, yeah. I always joke that she's she's really got a great voice for about three notes. And that's like about where she lives. She lives in this little three note range. Will and she, she at least sing your songs? Oh, she'll sing along. Yeah, it's it's very exciting. But I'll, I'll uh, I've called her out when she's come to shows before, and and she absolutely turns beat red and, and hates it. So you do it every time. Oh, of course, of every course, single time, obviously, yeah. um, just to make her squirm. But um, but yeah, she kind of she had a big stack of CDs um, when I was growing up that were you know Bonnie Raitt, Mary Chapin Carpenter, Alison Krauss, the Dixie Chicks, Shania Twain. I mean, all of these you know really amazing artists. But you know they they had something important to say, which I think really inspired me as a as an up-and-comer you know thinking about those records that really kind of built my influences so from everything that you mentioned so far music wise what it seems like it was always country music for you was it always country yeah I think it was it was country and then on my dad's side like he was super into like blues rock which I think it definitely shows up in your music yeah totally totally I think I had kind of both my mom was sort of this female country influence and then my dad was playing you know Rolling Stones and ACDC and Buddy Guy and Stevie Ray Vaughan and that kind of like blues rock world and so I think I kind of like married those two together which I feel like I didn't really realize until I was older and kind of making my own music that that was totally like two different worlds that I really kind of yeah. I don't know, merged into one. So Yes, I love it. So now when you're looking to hear your own songs on the radio, what is that journey like for you? Yeah, it's um it's a scary, scary thing, I think, looking at I mean, just being honest, like the mm-hmm. you know, the charts have so few Oh, it's scary. It's it's yeah. terrifying. I remember yeah. I was like sitting in my one of my publisher's offices a couple months ago and we were just looking at the like the top fifty songs and noticing that there were two women. And I was like two I mean that's crazy mm-hmm. um so it it's it's hard to not kind of feel like the odds are stacked against you a little bit but I am really encouraged by the army of like up-and-coming badass women who are making great music and kind of making strides to kind of get into that radio world um and I think there's there's good avenues to kind of make it happen now so I think yeah there's there's ways to kind of make it happen um, so is that like pinnacle of success for you or do you not really define success with radio I mean, I think I think radio is is crucial, I think, in our in our sort of format, I guess. But for me, I think defining success is calling it like doing what I love. And Mm -hmm. if I can tour and play my songs and, you know, keep developing a fan base that really likes what I do and and I feel connected to for me, that's kind of what it's about. So it's, you know, having a number one on the radio obviously would be amazing. But I just really am in it for the music at the end of the day. I just love what I do. And if I can continue to do what I do, I hope the radio is a part of it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to keep doing what I do, even if the radio isn't isn't going to listen. So, yeah. yeah. Well, for a lot of aspiring artists that listen, they're always looking for advice. And and you have had some great success, especially with touring, because you are constantly out there and killing it. (laughs) So how does an aspiring artist get into that world? Honestly, I I really started 
at the very bottom as far as touring goes. I mean, I took any show that would come my way. I think as far as um, being an up and comer, just being willing to kind of play to any audience that will listen is at least for me kind of how, how I got to where I am. I started out doing a cover set at the Tin Roof Bar. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I played like every Tin Roof. I mean, which is a totally just different universe at 2 a.m. Which, but, wait, there are a lot, right? Because I always thought it was yeah. just here. And then all of a sudden I started hearing they're like everywhere. They're everywhere. I mean, they're like, there's, you know, Cincinnati, Louisville, Columbia, South Carolina. Well, you know, there's been there. I have been to every <laughs> single one. Um so I started, yeah, like when I, like I said, when I was in college and I started touring on the weekends, um, I was set up to play the 10 to 2 slot, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Oh, that's, that's a or slot. Or the 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Yeah. Um, and it was four hours of music, no breaks, which was insane. I mean, insane to think about now, but it really, I, I started doing that and I learned how to not just play, but also entertain, you know, mm-hmm. it's like I needed to kind of keep everyone's attention and, and that was a really hard place to do that but I think that's really an important lesson kind of yeah it taught yeah. me how to like really figure out how to get a crowd excited and involved and um and then little by little I started getting offers for like you you know play 20 minutes before such and such artists you know even like I think I opened for like you know I'm trying to think like Emerson Hart from Tonic. I got like a couple gigs just 20 minutes ahead of him. And then that turned into, you know, I'm trying to think I've opened for so many people, but little by little, it sort of built on itself. And then two years later, I was opening for the band Perry. And then I was opening for Merle Haggard. And then I was, you know, it was, I just got all these opportunities because I really took my time to kind of build it little by little. Yeah. Um, and I was willing to, if somebody was going to give me 20 minutes, I would drive, I mean, 20 hours to get there just to play five songs, just because that's, if that's what it takes, you know, I was willing to kind of do that. And so, so yeah, I think you have to be willing to really fight for it in that way. Never think you're too good for something. Yeah. Yeah. Play to anybody who will listen, really. Yeah. Now, I know you're going to be playing for us today, too. But, uh, and we're going to have to get to that soon. This went by so quickly. Oh, my gosh. I know. But <laughs> I could talk oh, to you like, all day about this. I know. Seriously. <laughs> but I, I do want to kind of close this out. I like to remind everybody, especially if it's their first time listening, about what this podcast is. It's called Women Want to Hear Women. It's mm-hmm. derived from the phrase, women don't want to hear women, which I've been told to my face. You've probably been told to your yes. face. Like, we've all heard it way too many times times it's we're done ridiculous. with it yeah. we all do men do too we yeah. all want to hear it <laughs> so um when you hear that phrase women don't want to hear women mm-hmm. how do you react I just think like tell the nine-year-old me that was sitting in my bedroom spinning all of those records that really shaped me as a person um not just as an artist but as a person um I just I think I think it's it's so ridiculous and it's so that mentality I think robs the world of so many great artists um, because there are amazing artists out there that are women that I think can really change the scope of music and really influence people in a great way. So yeah, honestly, like tell that to the nine-year-old, the nine-year-old me, I would be so sad. Me too. To hear though, that, you know? Right? Yeah. I know. It's a depressing thing to hear no matter what and it's not true. So it let's is. Yeah. move on, right? Yeah. All right. So what song are you going to be performing? So I'm actually going to do, um, I'm going to do my new single uh, called Giving Up, which I'm very excited about. Oh gosh, um, yes. It's a really personal song to me. Um, so I'm really excited to play that one. And then I'm also going to do a Patty Griffin cover because um, I love Patty Griffin. I loved this song so much. I actually cut a version of it on my very first record. It's called Nobody's Crying. So yeah. 
I'm excited Can't wait. All right. We'll check that out at NashCountryDaily.com. And then also, uh, Logan's going to help me put together this week's Women Want to Hear Women playlist. If you have time to keep listening, keep on listening. If not, then head over to the website. Check those out. Logan, thank you so, so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad we finally met. I know. Me too. Thank you for having me. This has been so great. Still plenty more with Logan Brill if you're looking for something to do at work or wherever you are. Like we just said, there are two performances up at NashCountryDaily.com plus that weekly Women Want to Hear Women playlist. All right, guys, we got a few exciting weeks ahead. Hearing that Ray Lynn and Marin Morris might be stopping by soon, so make sure to keep a lookout for that. And let us know what you would like us to ask them. What are you curious about? This podcast is for all of us. So tweet me at Elena D. Smith or at Nash C-N-T-R-Y daily. And why don't you use a pink heart emoji as like a little secret message to each other. Big shout out to Samantha Goldstein, Brian Webb, and Jim Casey for helping to make this happen. And remember, not only women want to hear women, men do too. Thanks so much for listening. Love you guys. Westwood One Podcast Network. Everyone's listening. All right, if you are still with us, and that means you want to hear the process of creating this week's Women Want to Hear Women playlist, Logan, I'm going to be putting some of your songs on there, but you are going to be contributing five songs. What you got? Um, okay, I'm so excited about these. I It took me a really long time to figure out exactly which five because there are so many amazing women, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I kind of mixed in a couple newbies and a couple of like classics that I really love, or I say classics, not too old, but... Um, Number one, This Town is Killing Me by Caitlin Smith. That has been a popular one. It is so good. It's so good. And just in the spirit of like being honest about how difficult Mm -hmm. this journey can be sometimes, I just so, I mean, I think the first time I heard that song, I just immediately started crying because it's just so honest and Especially for an artist. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I saw her perform it. I did um, the uh, uh, Women of Nashville, um, Mm -hmm. Girls of Nashville which was so much fun um, and got to see Caitlin perform it there, which was just great. So yeah, so that's number one. Okay. Number two uh, is Send It On Down by Leanne Womack. Yes, um, girl. I mean, she is just, I mean, one of the biggest inspirations, uh, I think currently just making some really amazing music. And then obviously all of her older records are amazing too. Um, and that song, again, super honest. I just, I love honest songwriting. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of that. Um Staying on that theme, another honest song, um, God Bless This Mess by Jillian Jacqueline. I love that song. I just, I had a hard time even picking one Jillian Jacqueline song. I'm just such a fan of her and she's got this very unique thing um, and she's just, she's killing it. She mm-hmm. really is. Um, and just a sweetheart. I really like her a lot. So, um, Kite by Lucy Silvis, number four. I love that new album. Oh my Such gosh. Such a great album. Yes. Um, and she totally has this like rock grit blues thing that I just totally relate to and love. Um, so, and again, it was hard to pick one off that record, but I really Have you been able to hang with song. her? I have a little bit. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's awesome. She I really like is. you guys are very similar. Like, yeah, yeah. She, well, she's, she's just honestly a really, um, she seems so down to earth every time I've hung out mm-hmm. with her, she's just been so nice. And, um, yeah, I feel like she's really supportive of other women too, which yeah. I love. She's always like commenting on people's, you know, posts on Instagram or like texting. Yeah. I know, you know, people and kind of giving support, which is really, really awesome. So um, and then last one is um, I'm just a huge Miranda Lambert fan. Mm-hmm. I just feel like she's really she's done so many great things. I think recently has taken some risks with her music, music, which I um, really am inspired by. So Vice is uh, is one of my favorite songs. That lead single off that. Yes. Yes. I love it. Perfect. Perfect 
perfect, perfect. All right, girl. So thank you for doing that. Yes, thanks. you go check that out, that playlist out. And again, I'm going to be adding my picks of Logan's songs on there too. So check that out, NashCountryDaily.com, and also you can find our performances there, which she's going to do right now. Okay, bye. <laughs>